Light that spark fire nation. A JLD here and welcome to episode 1768 of EO Fire, where I chat with entrepreneurs on fire seven days a week. Are you ready to master productivity, discipline, and focus in 100 days? Well, visit themasteryjournal.com and it will be done. Now, shout out to today's featured guest, John Hall. John, are you prepared to ignite? Yes, sir. I yes. got my coffee here and I'm pumped to go. Let's do it. <laughs> John's a keynote speaker and the author of the book, Top of Mind. He's the co-founder and CEO of Influence & Co., a company that helps brands and individuals leverage their expertise to create and distribute content to gain influence with their key audiences. John, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that intro and give us a little glimpse of your personal life. My personal life. Well, first and foremost, I am a father and husband. So I have uh, two lovely daughters and an awesome wife who are super supportive of all the crazy things I want to do as an entrepreneur and, and uh, business owner. And so uh, that's kind of my, my first, uh, I guess, important thing in my life. But uh, beyond that, I mean, I just, I've been an entrepreneur since I was, uh, the example I give is since I was in third grade. I, I grew up selling lunches at school for money and figuring out actually how much ho-hos could get me compared to Twinkies and, <laughs> and what I could do to talk my friends into getting their moms to pack certain items because I knew they were more valuable to a certain other lunch. And so like I, it's in my blood and I love it. And, and I love doing things like this to to talk and share about uh, failure, failures, successes, and anything else that would be valuable. Well, my friend, you are in the right place because we're going to be getting into all of that jazz. But first and foremost, today, what's your area of expertise? So for me, the um, as crazy as it is, I, I kind of fell into this because it was a huge, huge need for me. Um, I before we started Influence and Co. and I wrote, uh, you know, the book Top of Mind. I was actually in the real estate area where uh, one of my biggest barriers was I got in young and I was um, a young kind of uh, investor that I'd walk into a room where there was this credibility kind of barrier between. Um, me and, and another uh, and another person because uh, I was young and they were twice my age and had a good deal more experience. And so what ended up happening from that is I felt this need to invest in myself so that I would walk in a room and people would want to talk and engage with me rather than me always trying to, I guess you could say, have an outbound um, efforts of, hey, talk to me, be cool, uh, or, you know, let's, let's just, uh, let's do a deal when there obviously wasn't that trust. And so what I became obsessed with back then was this idea behind how you invest in yourself and leaders within your company so that companies want to deal with you and people want to deal with you. And so kind of the unique, as crazy as it is, it's basic at first because I really feel like investing in yourself is one of the key factors in, um, and that's where my expertise kind of lies, is how can companies invest in their key employees? How can leaderships, entrepreneurs, um invest in themselves to open up opportunities. And so as basic as, as that sounds, there's actually deeper meaning behind it. It's, it's about your own education, what you're doing to make yourself intelligent, provide yourself with the right resources in, in addition to getting the right relationships um, in your life so that it can create opportunity. And then it goes outward. What is your brand? What does your company look like so that there's your whole um, – 
I would say anytime anybody interacts, whether it's a stakeholder that's a customer or a partner, you are staying top of mind in their mind because they consistently see your brand in a positive way that gets them to gain trust. And so the quick summary is that it started off on this idea and this expertise on how people and companies can invest in themselves um, from a brand point of view. But then what it's evolved into is that how can I help other entrepreneurs, leaders, business owners, companies become industry leaders by projecting a brand that builds trust within a specific audience. John, in just a couple sentences, like what's something that we don't know about your area of expertise that as entrepreneurs, frankly, we should? It's not rocket science. That is, there's a barrier where everybody thinks like, just look at me, for example. Nobody knew who I was five years ago at all. Like legitimately, I was barely known in Columbia, Missouri, uh, you know, a small town in Missouri. And for me, um, a lot of entrepreneurs put up these barriers. There's so many different barriers that exist in my space. There's one, um, you know, I it, just the initial, like, how do I build credibility so I'm the person that people look to in our space or, I'm, or we're the, the company that people uh, look at? There's also the ego barrier. There's the, ch- the challenge of, um, you know, uh, of, old, of being, uh, of saying, hey, we want to put ourselves out there and I, I as a leader need to be a leader in the space. Um, a lot of times people don't want to do that. And so the, the quick summary is that it's not rocket science, or it's not rocket science, but if you put a plan together and execute just like any other business plan, you can be very effective. So that, I guess that's like three or four sentences. And they were all run-ons too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> John, let's talk about your worst entrepreneurial moment to date. Take us to that moment in time. Tell us that story. For me, and this is uh, this is one I've said on a couple things, uh, a couple uh, podcasts, but I'll actually dive in a little deeper. Yeah, because we only accept unique content here. By yeah. The way. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it, it was the moment where I, like, I honestly had not had any failure in business, and I know that it sounds kind of cocky and confident, but um, this was when I was like twenty five, twenty six. Uh, real estate had done very well for me. Other th- anytime I've I'd invest in money or been involved in a business had done really well. Um, and when we started influencing. Co- so um, we, I remember a moment where we, we had kind of an initial, wow, we, we signed on five or six clients that did well, but then we uh, hit this, this rut, um, and this was probably three or four months into it, and I went to an event, and it was Friday, it was Friday night, uh, I, it was, I hadn't been to a conference yet at that point, and I was the, the last, I mean, basically the last kid picked in dodgeball, as I describe, and the people that, um, I was the person that was trying to talk and build relationships, but it was a very clicky conference, and, and I really just couldn't get any attention. So I went home and or I went back to the hotel. I was in DC, went back to the, the hotel and legitimately like got on the phone with my wife and had tears in my eyes crying. And what people don't know is like I legitimately spent like two hours after that, three hours after that, looking into real estate and going back to my safe haven of what I've seen success in. And like, I don't even think, yeah, honestly, no, nobody knows that. They knew that I got upset and I cried, but I immediately went to the safe thing. And um, when I, you know, after talk, you know, when I talked to my wife and you know, my, I talked to my co-founder, I felt a little better about it. But ultimately, um, I, I when I was doing the safe thing, I started to realize I'm like, why the hell am I doing this? Like, like I'm, I'm, like the whole point of entrepreneurship is to take risks and have confidence in, in yourself. And I remember, like, I was doing the kind of the the not the strong and and I guess you could say brave thing to do, but ended up um, waking up the morning and I thought about what I did the night before. I was kind of ashamed and. Um, 
I, I ended up really just the next 48 hours, I promised myself, I said, I will do everything in my power. I don't care who won't talk to me. I'm not going to sleep. I'm not going, I'm going to stay up as late as I can. I'm going to try and meet as many people. It ended up working out for me where we ended up signing, um, I think five or six clients that, uh, I think it was actually the Sunday. It wasn't the Saturday. Um, and it ended up since then we haven't had uh, any form of, you know, non-growth in the company. We've just kind of gone up from there, but, um, I remember that, like, for someone who hadn't seen much failure, and, and we had been, we, I mean, we had three months of or two months of loss at that point, where that were pretty significant, and going through that motion, it, it was not a good feeling, and it was kind of like an embarrassing thing for me, for myself, even though it was just me. Um, but I remember that gut feeling and that night, and when I said I slept, I only slept like two hours. Um, but it was, it was, it was not a cool moment for me. Without it being a run-on sentence, let's just keep this to one, and I want the biggest takeaway that you want our listeners to really get from that worst moment. You've got to be confident in your abilities, and don't go back to just always the safe zone. And Fire Nation, I'll add on to that, patience. Like Things don't happen when you snap your fingers. Things don't happen overnight. It takes time. So have confidence, patience, persistence, Keep that moving. Now, John, you just rocked a great story about your worst moment. You got real with us. Do the same thing for your aha moment, one of the greatest ideas that you've had to date, but then kind of walk us through how you turned that idea into success. I think it was um, the, the moment that we realized that what we were doing as a company uh, where we, at the beginning, what we were doing is we were helping entrepreneurs and small businesses um, build up their thought leadership presence and their 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 authority positioning within um, their industries. And what the, the idea kind of was is that what we're doing is we're building trust for these people. Trust barriers are not an issue with just entrepreneurs. It's an issue with large brands. And, and the kind of idea was when Kelsey and, and or my co-founder and I got together, we said, this is not a, 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 a just a challenge for this this audience that we love to work with and we're a part of. It's actually a challenge amongst larger companies as well. And so what, what we started doing is, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs and people make the same mistake, you get kind of situated in this is the audience where I'm familiar and I can work with. But what we did was we said, no, there's actually a transfer of services where, yes, we can do some of these things for entrepreneurs, but also we can apply this to larger companies. And so the growth of our company changed dramatically when we looked and we said, let's actually have some conversations with larger brands. We had conversations with Office Depot, American Airlines, Dell, some of the largest companies out there and realized that, hey, this is there's a huge opportunity here and we have to think outside the box on the services and our capabilities and how we can change that. And we immediately said, okay, well, let's not lose this audience that we're working with, but let's also be very open to experimenting with this this audience that we never thought we would take on. But I think the idea was is that is basically just saying, Hey, let's um, let's look at what we can do really well, and we have access to different publication media outlets and places that nobody else does that uh, a lot of brands um, would like, and they would like to engage in a way that a lot of the clients that we're currently having are, are doing. And that's what happened where we went from you know um, obviously there's a great team behind us um, that did it, but at that moment that's where we had some dramatic growth. And what's the lesson learned? Like, what is the takeaway that you want to make sure that our listeners get from that aha moment? I mean, the takeaway is don't, I mean, you have to take a step away from the business and you have to look and challenge yourself. And it's not just you thinking, it's getting someone like at that time, we had several advisors that would help us think outside the box. So 
quick summary, take a step away from the business when you can and look at who you're servicing, the value you're providing, and where there is opportunity that you might not be seeing and be allowed to challenge yourself from others. Fire Nation, getting outside the box is real. I mean, you just can't stay in this little comfort zone of your same little niche, your same little industry, doing the exact same thing that everybody else is doing. That's not where you're going to win. That's a red ocean strategy. You got to get out, see what other people in different niches are doing, apply their principles on what's working for them to yours. And hey, it might not work, but at least you're thinking outside the box. You're trying new things. Maybe you're going to be first to market in A, B, or C strategies. Critical, critical stuff. Now let's talk, John, about what you're most excited about today. I mean, we've you know heard your worst moments, a great idea that you've had, what you're applying that idea to. What are you most fired up about right now? Uh, I mean, really, honestly, I'm excited for the first time is that uh, it, it, the first five years of our company, we were hustling to just kind of get by and get the right resources in place to deliver on what we were trying to do for clients. But when I'm most, I mean, right now we have amazing resources at our disposal. We have relationships with media that we never did before. Uh, we have talent that we didn't do before. We have these systems that we've set up. Um, and so everybody kind of discounts how hard it is to set up and scale and go beyond 100 employees or 200 and 300. Um, and we're at that stage where we, we've we done that. And now we're looking at um, not just what we're doing has evolved, but the the demand for it has evolved. Um, for for example, people used to only think as thought leadership as a marketing tool, and because it was, hey, we want our leadership to communicate to this say, these consumers so they can trust us and we can ultimately sell them. Now, what's changing is that there's 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 open opportunities in other. Um, other parts of the company, not just marketing. Recruiting is starting to learn from content marketing and thought leadership and saying, wow, if we get the leaders in the company and people who are experts within the company to communicate to this audience, they'll want to work with us because they'll, they won't, they'll know we have smart people. They're looking at investors and investor communication and saying, hey, we can use this tactic in content marketing, not just in marketing, but how we're communicating to the investors. And so people who've had success in content marketing are scaling it beyond the marketing department. And so that's what's so exciting to me is that I thought we'd be kind of bound with this one department, um, you know, within companies. But now what we're doing is we're kind of spread. It's a spread effect like wildfire. And that's where, you know, a lot of times people don't see that growth, where they're going to go and where their future is. And it's very, very clear to us where there's opportunity. Then it comes to just us executing. And so that's what I'm pretty pumped about is vision is fairly clear, where to be honest, it hasn't always been that clear. Fire Nation, you think you've been getting value bombs thus far? Just wait for the lightning round, which we're going to be crushing as soon as we get back from thanking our sponsors. There are a lot of responsibilities that add up to being an entrepreneur, and while some of those responsibilities might be okay to skip every now and then, payroll is not one of them, but I'm guessing you didn't create your business to be stuck in the weeds of figuring out time off, vacation, employment laws, and tax time paperwork. That's why there's Gusto. Gusto's streamlined platform helps you take care of your team with simple, reliable technology paired with great customer service. That means less time on paperwork and more time on what you care about. In fact, 72% of customers reported spending less than five minutes to run their payroll on Gusto. Plus, Gusto offers automated tax payments, filings, and forms. That means filing and paying your payroll taxes, compiling and sending your W-2s and 1099s, and submitting new hire forms is as easy as setting it and forgetting it. Sign up for Gusto today and get started with one month of free payroll. Just visit 
gusto.com slash fire. That's gusto.com slash fire. Don't let the frustration and overwhelm of creating the perfect design for your next website or logo get you down. Delegate that with DesignCrowd. One of the many great things about DesignCrowd is rather than paying expensive fees and waiting weeks for an agency to pitch an idea or create a great looking logo for you, you can have what you need within days. All you have to do is launch your brief, then designers will begin submitting quality designs for your review. Within hours, you'll receive your first design, and over the course of several days, a typical project will receive six. 60 to 100 plus different designs to choose from. All that's left to do is to pick the best design and approve payment to the designer. Visit designcrowd.com slash fire. That's D-E-S-I-G-N-C-R-O-W-D dot com slash fire for a special $100 VIP offer or simply enter the discount code fire when posting your project on Design Crowd. John, are you ready to rock the lightning rounds? <laughs> Let's do it, buddy. I'm absolutely ready for it. <laughs> what was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Uh, fear of failure. I'm absolutely scared of failure. And so entrepreneurs fail a lot and it freaks me out. Uh, it's by far my number one f- fear outside of losing family. What's the best advice you've ever received? You don't know everything. Uh, always, wor- always work on challenging yourself to be better. I used to be really egotistical and thought I knew everything, and, and a couple people knocked some sense into me, and, and uh, I think I've matured a lot from that. What's a personal habit that contributes to your success? And I make sure that it's a habit to surround myself with great people. I think that you, I think it was a, a smart person once said that uh, you're, the, you're the average of the five people that are um, around you. I, I really believe that. So it's a habit for me to make sure that I'm spending time with people that are great, smart, um, you know, people that are driven like me. Can you share an internet resource that you're enjoying right now? One of my biggest resources right now is Mixmax. I don't know if you've heard of that, but it is an email tool that is phenomenal, that has made my life so much easier. It embeds calendars within uh, emails. You can It's almost like it's teaching you to write code within email to make your day more efficient. So I would say I'm probably 100 to two times, I would say two, three, four, uh, four times more efficient than I was a year ago just because of that one tool. So it's called Mixmatch? Mixmax. So it's M-I-X. M-A-X. And does that Mix work Max. with Gmail? Yeah, it's an email tool. So it, right, it, it does it work with Gmail, though, specifically. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's amazing with Gmail. That's what, that's one of the main um, configuration, or that's one of the main integ- integrations that it you works know, well with. You know, this is interesting enough that I actually want to do a little deeper dive. So MixMax, so you have it yep. on, within your Gmail account, for instance, your email account. We're going to use Gmail for an example. What specifically does it do to make you 2, 3, 4x more productive? Sure. So when I'm, well, one, it has shortcuts on like how you um, include something in an email. For example, if I want to include a, a calendar link, um, I will just hit um, forward space and then A, and that means it immediately puts my availability up there, and I just hit two or three buttons, and it goes and it embeds in the email here are the the available link, uh, the available times that he has, and it will also even take into consideration my team who needs to be on that. Um, so that's like an amazing tool. If I want to embed a map, like, let's say I'm visiting somewhere and I'm saying, "Hey, meet me here," I'll just you know basically type in the, um, the code forward you know uh, slash and then the map code, and then it 
will have the map of where I'm going included in the email. And so really like when I'm actually corresponding via email, there's not many things it doesn't do. Like it tracks email. So, and it tracks like, I mean, obviously like there's tools that have it. If you look at like Calendly and, um, you know, some of the email tracking tools, they do all these different things. But Mixmax is the first time that when I'm emailing somebody, whatever I want to do, whether it's embed a map, embed a calendar link, um, track the email, include certain people and see their availability or, um, I mean, really, it, it's it's a very robust tool. Um, so I would just check it out. Um, but yeah, it, it saved me time because I, I don't, I only just use one tool and I used to have to use three or four to do what it does. Share a book that you recommend and then tell us why. Essentialism. It's written by Greg McCown and, and Eric McCune. And um, I think that it gets you to focus. I think one of the problems we have as entrepreneurs and leaders and just people in general is we have to remember what matters most to us and um, what's really important for us to spend our time on. And essentialism is a great way. And I read it about once every like six months or oh, wow. eight months because it reminds me. Yeah, it just it, it's not like a crazy like classic. It's more of a something where it every time I read it, um, it gets it, I step away from it and I and I'm more focused um, things that did I, I'm sometimes a worrier on things and I worry about what if this doesn't happen what if this doesn't happen and then ultimately what that book helps me do is focus on what matters and worry about worry less about what doesn't John let's end today on fire brother with you giving us a parting piece of guidance the best way that we can connect with you and then we'll say goodbye Never stop learning and always value relationships of people that trust that can help you become better. It's the single most thing that it's the number one thing that has made me a better entrepreneur, a better person. Um, And don't when you know something, I think as entrepreneurs, a lot of times we try to fake it or we try to do things just to make a quick buck. Um, Ultimately, when it comes down to it, really just build relationships that matter that people who actually care and they want to make you better. And then also never stop educating yourself so that you become somebody that I would say that just you're surprised about what you're capable of doing. And you you can, um, I mean, ultimately become the best version of yourself. And the best way to connect with you? I know a lot of people say they they have too many emails to respond. Honestly, um, my email is john at influenceandco.com. Um, like I said, I try to be pretty effective at email. Uh, I just wrote a book uh, called Top of Mind. And in there, I actually have a, an email that's topofmindhelp.com. Um, and so if it's something related to the book, feel free to email that. And um, typically, I can get back within 48 hours. Um, and then uh, follow on you know Twitter at the same time as you can just follow my content. I write for Forbes, Inc., Mashable, um, uh, Fast Company, a lot of those places. And so, uh, you know, check out that content. If you think I can ever be helpful, um, then reach out. And, you know, a friend of John's is a friend of mine, so I'm happy to help. Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, said Jim Rohn. And you've been hanging out with JH and JLD today, so keep up the heat. And head over to eofire.com. Just type John in the search bar. His show notes page will pop up with everything that we've been talking about today. These are the best show notes in the biz. Timestamps, links galore. Of course, check out his book, Top of Mind. And John, one more time, what's that email address that people can reach you at? I would say the top of mind help uh, at gmail.com is the one I'm using a lot more personal just because the, the main focus right now is getting top of mind out there more. And so I'm very attentive to that. So I would say that, you know, check that one out and, and I'll be responsive. 
John, thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate everything you do for entrepreneurs, buddy. Hey, Fire Nation. Hope you enjoyed our chat with John today. And we have a free eight-day goals course for you over at freegoalscourse.co. Get goal-focused, Fire Nation. I will catch you there or I'll catch you on the flip side. Wish you could automate payroll tax payments, filings, and forms? Gusso can do that. Gusso will file and pay your payroll taxes, compile and send your W-2s and 1099s, and submit new hire forms for you. Sign up today and get started with one month of free payroll. Just visit gusto.com slash fire. That's gusto.com slash fire.